And I'm Hannah Hampton, and you're listening to HR After Hours. All right. Well, oil my chain and call me Lance. How the hell are you doing today, Hannah? Hey, I'm not too bad. How about yourself? I am doing all right. I've been a little under the weather for the last week, so if at any point I do any old guy hacking or <laughs> flimming or, uh, you know. That's I, when we edit. That's when we edit. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying not to edit so much, so sorry, folks, in advance if you hear any unpleasant flim sounds <laughs> or things like that. So, you know, Hannah and I, as we've mentioned before, we haven't really had much of an opportunity to stay in touch during the week. So we like to spend, typically it's like 10, 15 minutes before we start recording, just kind of catching up. Sometimes we have topics already selected. Sometimes it's just kind of like, hey, let's see what the hell happens today. And um, today we actually had quite a bit of time to catch up. And I think it was last week or the week, week before I had mentioned that, obviously you've noticed if you listen, that we do not discuss politics or religion on this podcast and we definitely neither one of us do it at work hell i don't even do it with my family anymore because they surprise me every once in a while um and i want to keep loving and respecting them but <laughs> you know every, hannah it's getting hard i mean it is. i mean as far as not just politics and religion but just avoiding hot buttons yeah because you know society is changing and i've always joked that you know i am kind of the embodiment of you know, we'll just call it first world problems. And um, <clears throat> it's more acceptable to embrace beliefs, cultures, mm -hmm. et cetera, of others. And we've learned to become uh, more accommodating, but it's, and it's inclusive kind of, and being and inclusive, inclusive is important. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, I think inclusive is a better term than accommodating. I think that was, that was the wrong term for me to use. As we do this and we become aware mm -hmm. of what's going on around us, I've had people ask me, and we've had it. We were actually going to save this for a later episode because I got a, an email recently from a listener. But it's getting tougher and tougher to avoid hot buttons because we don't even know what the hot buttons are anymore. So, talk to me about that, Hannah, because I am babbling because I'm afraid of even getting myself in trouble. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, and it started our conversation. I, I like to do a full disclosure. I was the one who accidentally made a comment, and it's funny as I was saying it. You know, it's one of those things where you feel in your head it's in going in slow motion because as it was coming out of my mouth and it was a comment on somebody in politics, I realized I was saying it in front of a, a larger, not larger, but an audience of probably about five people. And as I was saying, I realized, ooh, I might be offending somebody because I don't know how everybody feels about this particular individual. So, and then of course I learned there was somebody who commented on my comments and I had to backtrack because again, being an HR, I know better than that. And it just kind of slipped out. So I ended up backtracking and just saying, Hey, you know, I don't like to talk about politics. And I also believe that many, pol many politicians on both sides of the room are terrible. And we agreed on that and left it there. So it was one of those situations where I made a mistake. I realized I, as I was doing it and I needed to backtrack. And that's how we started talking about how it sometimes it's easy to slip up on things you know better than. Like I know I don't talk about religion and I don't talk about politics at work, but I had a slip up and sometimes these happen. And I think that this happens on a regular basis at work. And 
Well, how do we deal with it as HR professionals? So what do you do if someone makes a comment? And honestly, I mean, I don't think we're beyond people coming into HR professionals and complaining about someone talking politics. How how do you address that as an HR professional? And if I come into your office right now and say, listen, Bobby just went on this complete uh, tirade for a certain mm-hmm. party and was just annihilating the other one and its beliefs. Mm-hmm. And I took offense to that. And I, I just, I, I took it personally. And it's not only, it honestly hurt my feelings because I feel like I was being attacked because I think surely this person knows that I follow this political party or these beliefs. Um, how do you address that? Well, you know, it, it's a difficult thing because it dep- I, I feel like th- this is the typical HR answer to many things. And the answer is it depends. It depends on your, your work environment. It depends on your workforce. I know some companies want to, you know, prohibit that type of discussion and might try to work it into policy. I, I think sometimes it, it's, it's difficult because if you're writing a policy that seems a little too um, descriptive or, or, or keep, silences people too much, people are not going to like that. But uh, I think having human to human conversations, discussing with the individual why what they have said could potentially seem offensive to another person. So I think like many HR situations, it elicits a discussion and helping somebody see why, hey, your views, you're entitled to your views. That's, uh, we're in a world where sometimes, you know, some places they're not, people are not entitled to your views, but you can, you know, in the United States. However, in a workplace, you have to remember we're here to get a job done and we need people to be able to stay focused and not bring in outside views inside. Uh, That's one example of a conversation you could have. This is a really, I feel, a really hard topic because there is that fine line of, you know, silencing people, (laughs) which we don't want to do, but also creating a work environment that makes people comfortable uh, to be there no matter what they or their coworker believe. So this is a really, I feel like, a difficult thing to deal with what what have you done in your past <laughs> well first off full in, in all fairness and full disclosure Hannah did not know I was going to ask her that we were just going <laughs> to give examples of you know even where we have towed the line or or accidentally mm-hmm. crossed the line of conversations that should or should not take place in work you know and, and it's funny is I don't I don't think there's really a right or wrong answer. All right. You by far more of the subject matter expert on these type of HR things than I am because up until recently, I didn't care mm-hmm. and my mouth would get me in trouble. And that's why I wasn't a very good HR manager. I mean, at the end of the day, when it was time to put on my HR hat and be professional, I could do it. And then after work, I was going to pick up the phone and call you and go, mm-hmm. are you fucking kidding me what I just said? <laughs> But it's dangerous. So, I mean, I'm I'm going to deflect. I'm going to because I'm going to kind of put it back on you for a second. But my thought process here, being more of a recruiter uh, than a true HR professional, I have not had any recertifications or any training lately. But this is stuff that I do think we need to stay on top of. So as the 
the common guy in the office uh, with some a little more common sense than most, I hope. I would think that what I would say in this type of situation is, listen, um, I've had a couple people approach me about some very difficult conversations or volatile situations that have taken place due to um, subject matter that people are passionate about, right? Mm-hmm. Let's call it that. People get passionate about that kind of thing and they get worked up about it. And um, I would almost say that, listen, our opinion is these are topics that are best suited not to take place in conversation during work. But if you choose so, you may want to look at the person you're having this conversation with and say, and this is this is kind of funny coming from me, but I'm also serious when I say this, you know, you just say, listen, we're now engaging in a conversation that involves politics. And as yeah. we know, people in poli- you know, have heated political conversations. So if we choose to take this conversation further, let's please both acknowledge that this may get a little heated and we got at some point walk away from it and just respect each other's opinion. Almost. And what I'm saying about that, that I think it's funny that I said that is uh, I mean it in a way that was similar to what was introduced to college campuses you know, what, 20 years ago when they started talking about date rape and sexual harassment, where you say, hey, I would like to hang out one on one with you now as the rest of our date. Is it okay if I kiss you at this point? I honestly think that's almost how you should approach these type of conversations when it has to do with politics and religion. Getting consent to have these discussions. Mutual consent that we are going into a topic area that could get a little heated. Yeah, and because I, I do agree because, I you know, I, I, I talked about, you know, if companies want to have policy around it, but the, and what I wanted to bring up for that is this, the area that you want to be wary of is if you are telling people they can or cannot talk about things, you have to be careful on how you describe it because if it gets too, you know, big, overbroad, then that could get in the way of people's rights to discuss, you know, working conditions. And then that is going to be an MLRB uh, no-no of, you know, you can't keep, you can't silence people, keep people from complaining about working conditions and other things like that. So you just have to be uh, careful on how you deal with it. And if we, if you set some ground rules, like, you know, Mick was just saying on, Hey, you know, make sure you, you know, your audience. And if at any point somebody is uncomfortable, does not want to have that type of discussion, you should stop. And then if you don't stop, well, then that's when it goes down that line of, okay, so this is making me very uncomfortable. So I think you bring up a really good point and that helps also outline about being careful about how we choose to silence people because that could, you know, could violate uh, some of people's rights uh, from a National Labor Relations Board. Yeah, I definitely don't. I don't don't think it's safe to ever tell anyone what they can or can't talk about. Um, But you absolutely can make it a policy. Well, I'm saying absolutely, but I guess I'm really going to put a question mark on the end of this. But my thought process is you can't control what takes place during a board meeting or a department Mm -hmm. meeting. You know, we're only going to discuss work. You know, let's not let's not discuss those type of things. Keep your agendas out of uh, any conversation that attendance is mandatory. How's that? Mm hmm. 
See, I get, I'm breaking my arm, patting myself on the back for becoming <laughs> a little more PC. But I mean, seriously, Hannah, it's tricky. And one of the things is, and we're actually going into a, a topic that I was uh, going to bring up as far as for one of our smoke breaks or lighter subjects, but it is becoming more and more difficult to find common ground to have those generic workplace conversations because, well, I mean, it starts with television. I mean, back in the day, it was what's on the news, what are the top popular television programs and what's going on in sports. And that was just kind of your meaningless jibber jabber at work or what's it called? You know, the more heated stuff, water cooler. Thank you. So it was actually worth having an opinion that was water cooler conversation. It was mm -hmm. the other stuff was jibber jabber. But in an age where we don't even have all the same channels. We don't watch television the same way. Some mm -hmm. of us don't own televisions anymore. Everything's on. It's just digital, right? Whether it's our iPads or our phones or whatever. And there are very few shows that are still weekly other outside of the major networks. Yeah. That I can't think of the last show that a lot of people really shared engagement through the media and um, you know, water cooler talk other than Game of Thrones. And I, you know, what's so funny. I had this conversation this week with somebody at work on there's so much to choose from when it comes to, to shows and streaming that it is very difficult to find uh, common shows that people watch to discuss because I was talking, we were talking about a podcast uh, that we were listening to. It was uh, talking about the battle between Netflix and Blockbuster and I had said, like, the streaming services has ruined that water cooler talk. Because I remember, you know, coming in after, like, a big episode of Friends and everybody talking about that. Or Seinfeld and everybody talking about that. But there really isn't. I think Game of Thrones is one. I actually didn't watch that one. So I didn't I did not either. to discuss I have not, it. I've not seen a single episode of Game of me, Thrones. Game I, me either. I haven't. That's not one I've watched. I think Breaking Bad was another big one. But other than that, it's few and far between. And I, I, I said... For me, it's difficult because I love to watch a TV show and then have a discussion about it. And I, I had asked the people I was with, I said, did any, does anybody here watch Mayans MC? Nobody did. I said, well, I do. It started last night and I have nobody to talk to about it. And it really makes me sad. <laughs> no, I, I think that's really where it starts. And, you know, maybe that's a shaking our rake, you know, topic yeah. later. I don't know. Uh, but I do think that people are going more into that into their silos and as you know as we are doing less and less to find common grounds and areas it's up to us as hr and business professionals to find ways to keep our team members and associates engaged and excited about work and finding you know some things and i think your company is a great example of a, you know, a company that does these little perks, but it, these are also perks that create things for the people to interact together. And Absolutely. that that's, you've got to have something because it, you can't depend on, you know, the entertainment industry to do that any longer because entertainment is completely different. Music, television, whatever it is, there's so many resources. There's so many things to choose from out there that, um, as we find more diversity in our hiring, that even mm -hmm. becomes more of a quote unquote problem, if you want to call it that, is there's just less things that our, our diverse teams have in common. And that's something that we'll have to bring up soon. Um, you know, we actually read a little longer on this than we had anticipated. And this is something we'll come back to. But 
since you are the, you know, the subject matter expert on this type of subject, Hannah, I just put my foot in my mouth. I said something about politics because I was disgusted by something I heard on my way into work this morning. How do I back out of it? How, or how do I get myself out of trouble? Well, I think my first suggestion is, is when you realize that you've crossed that line, you just you stop and you can, you know, depending, again, this answer depends, depending on your audience, you can either stop yourself and move on to the next subject and not engage and not, not backtrack at all. Or, I mean, if you want to apologize and say, hey, you know, I know not everybody agrees with my views. This is just my opinion. I understand I'm getting close to that edge. I'm ready to change the topic. I think that is another thing that you can do because, you know, I do sometimes, sometimes it depends on your workforce. Some people might engage in an argument and then it turns dirty or you just make people uncomfortable and then you get that weird silence. So I think acknowledging that you uh, probably you said a little bit more than you intended to and stopping and moving on to that next subject is, uh, is what I would recommend doing. You know, my go-to, and you mentioned the television program Friends earlier, is I use what I call the Chandler. That's the name of this move. And <laughs> when my mouth has got me in trouble, I look at those. And then I feverishly pat, pat myself on the shoulder and turn and look at my over my shoulder in uh, sheer panic and go, oh, my God, this isn't a parachute. This is a knapsack. <laughs> I like that. I think that that is uh, another great option for when you get a little too far down a rabbit hole that you don't want to be in at work. <laughs> All right. Farmer Hannah Hampton, outstanding in her field. Well, on that note, that's all the time we have for today. Well, and as you can tell, we do need your help. Some of us more than others, right, Mick? Absolutely. Could it be more obvious? <laughs> well, how can they help and where can they find us? Well, first, what they can do is email us with any topics for future episodes, questions they want answered, or if they just want to send some inappropriate photos to <laughs> mail at hrafterhours.com. Or you can always visit our Instagram page at hrafterhours or Twitter, where we have all of three followers at hr underscore hours. Well, we look forward to hearing from you and we'll catch you next time. 